everything we do is habit, right? So everything that I was doing in our normal house, our home is just autopilot. And so by being thrust into a new environment, like a different kitchen, our whole family is sleeping in a room in bunk beds. Like we've just had to reestablish different routines and doing things. And it's like, I bought less groceries. Like I just, there's so many little things that because I've had to choose a different way to do it, I'm making a choice that I like. Hi friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Gather in Growth. It's been a week, y'all. It has been a week, and we are going to get into all that. But gosh, today I'm feeling so many different feelings because nearly five years ago, I sat down with a fellow mom in my community. And by community, I mean like greater than just like the small town we live in. I'm talking like 45 minutes away community that we're a part of who saw a similar or a shared need for a space for kids to play and families to gather and moms to feel less alone. I got connected to her from like a friend of a friend that I had met at breastfeeding group. And we sat down for coffee and she shared her vision of bringing a children's museum to our community. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have been thinking about the same thing. I grew up in the St. Louis area. I grew up going to the Magic House and all of these great experiences for children and families. And there was nothing in our area like that. Like we have fantastic local libraries. And other than that, there's not really a ton of places to take kids unless the weather's nice and you can go to the parks. We have great parks. But anyway, we sat down for coffee and... She had created a survey and was actively sharing it with some people in her circle. And so we shared it outwards. And turns out we were so not alone in this desire. And so we jumped headfirst into starting a 501c3 nonprofit, Quincy Children's Museum, with the vision of creating this kind of space. And of course, anytime you do something on a massive scale, it has to start somewhere. So we spent the better part of a year really doing the behind the scenes work, the paperwork, the marketing materials, defining our mission and values and getting other stakeholders on board and bringing other educators and community members to the table. And just as we were about to like launch and like really present ourselves out to the community, COVID hit. And so we took that step back to dig down even deeper and really build the foundation for a sustainable, thriving organization. And over the past couple of years, we've done hundreds of community outreach events. I think we've been to every library and park and like community organization and festival and just all over the region. We've had a pop-up at the mall for a month here or there. We've had like 
a really small studio space. And today we had the grand opening for a semi-permanent location because we are in the middle of a $10 million capital campaign and renovating like a four-story warehouse downtown to be like our permanent, permanent home. But today we opened up a space downtown and it has a tiny town and like a whole STEM play area and an art room and a baby and toddler area. And oh, I am like flooded with emotions on how cool it is to see this in real life. I mean, it's been a real life thing for years. I've been on the board since the beginning. We've doubled and tripled our board. We have employees. We have all of these different events. But like walking in and my daughter just being able to run in and play and spending the whole day there, it was like, this is everything that I needed when I was a new mom in this area. I didn't know anyone and I was just so desperate to be in community with people. So this is unrelated to the topic of the day, but it was, I'm just like, I feel like I got a high going on because it's just like, holy cannoli, like this was nothing and now it is real. And even if we just stopped here, we would be meeting a huge need in our community. And we've had so many businesses and organizations and nonprofits and want to be a part of what we're doing. And to see it all come to life is like, it's just breathtaking. And then to know that this is literally just, not just, I don't want to discredit what it is, but this is a stepping stone to something that's even more massive. And to have been a part of it from an idea in a coffee shop, which is so cliche. I wish we had written on a napkin or taken a picture or something to having this living, breathing space is so freaking cool. Already emotional about that in a good way, but (laughs) I am coming to you on the other side of the great flood of the Russell house. (laughs) L-O-L. Oh, where do I even begin? Okay, so... I've been sharing a lot about this on my stories on social media, but by the time this episode comes out, we'll be a few weeks removed. I just wanted to capture the chaos and also some of the really important lessons I feel like I'm learning through this experience in the process of while it's happening. So Saturday afternoon, we leave our house to go to the St. Louis area to celebrate Christmas with family, do all the Christmas things, yada, yada, yada. The morning that we are to come home, Tuesday morning, Andrew and I are just exhausted. We are overwhelmed. Our kids are overstimulated, oversugared, overtired. We are at our wits end. Like, oh my goodness, we cannot wait to go home and like low-key detox and just like regain a sense of normalcy. Because the month of December, it's just, I love it, but it's a lot. And I know that you can relate to that. It's just no matter how intentional you are about boundaries and not doing all the things and making it joyful, like it's a lot. And on top of that, we have a two month old. So we're like, we're just going to go home. We're going to relax. We're just going to chill out for the rest of Christmas break. And so we go out to breakfast with my grandma because, you know, that's what you do when you're home visiting your grandma. And Andrew gets a text from the water company. And it's something along the lines of, hey, there's been some suspicious activity or unusual activity at your house. Um, Just wanted to see what was up with that. And we were like, oh, great. What does that mean? So we hop in the car. Now, mind you, we're like two and a half, three hours away from home. Andrew starts making phone calls. And we're like, 
kind of crossing our fingers that it's a water leak like outside of the house. We had had a leak about a month and a half ago down like in the ditch in front of our house. We're like, okay, so maybe that just went haywire and now our yard is flooded, but whatever. And Andrew's like, mm, I don't, I don't quite actually think that's the case. So we call his parents, of course, they're in town doing groceries and errands and stuff. So we call one of our friends over. He calls back, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes later. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's in your house and it's bad. Mind you, we are like two hours away at this point. And like, what are you going to do? So he turned the water off, which is great. Saved us like 1200 gallons because water company let us know that 400 gallons an hour had been escaping at our house. So we get home, come to find out, Andrew, my husband could explain this so much better, but there's a little piece on the toilet that could like the pipe that goes into whatever. I'm sure someone knows the name for that. I don't. And I frankly don't care, but it's a little piece that connects popped off and 400 gallons an hour spewed out of that pipe and rained into the bathroom and then seeped into all of the bedrooms and down the hall. And then because gravity rained into the basement. There's been quite a few people on the other side of this who have been like, oh, I'm so sorry your basement flooded. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. the basement is flooded, but the the whole house is, is, actually, is actually the problem. The whole house is flooded. So at first when I walk in, I'm expecting to see like standing water and like things floating by. And upstairs, I'm like, oh, yeah, the hardwood's totally wrecked and the the carpet's a little wet, but it doesn't seem that bad. Then we go downstairs and again, there wasn't standing water. (laughs) We had this play rug with boxes with Legos in them and all the Legos were like floating because it had rained into the boxes. But otherwise, I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't okay. We'll see. But no. Just, it turns out the drains in our basement worked, hallelujah. So 38,000 gallons of water had just moved its way through our house. Thankfully, because we had had the heads up about this, we dropped the kids off at the farm, which is about a couple miles away from our house. And we just put on our rain boots and went to work. And as I'm in the kids' bedrooms, I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually worse than I thought. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. We were so blessed. We worked with Clean Restoration at the recommendation of our insurance agent, and they were incredible. They were there so fast. They had a team of like, I don't even know, eight people there immediately helping like, you know, survey to see what's all going on. And guys, when I tell you, it was such a mess. It was such a, such a mess. So we did what we could that night and then we just went back to the farm to even just wrap our heads around what in the world the next couple of days were going to look like. So when we get back the next day, they're like, yeah, so everything is so saturated. We're not sure if we can salvage the floor joists or not. So we're not just talking about the tile and the hardwood and the carpet and the subfloor, but like, guys, if the joists can't be salvaged, that's like literally rebuilding the entire upstairs of our house. And at that point, they didn't know what walls we were going to have to remove. Like everything was just such chaos, so wet. There was so much water that they were like, "Mm, this does not look good. So we 
<laughs> we're like packing up the stuff in the kids' bedrooms because, you know, there's just like stuff everywhere. We're trying to dry things out. We're trying to move stuff out so they can get the floor out. Meanwhile, I realize our Christmas tree is in the way. Like literally one of the saddest things was taking down the Christmas tree as there's like, I don't know, eight or a dozen surfo people around me ripping up floor and taking down pieces of walls and like moving our furniture and packing my kids' belongings into boxes. And I'm like taking down this Christmas tree. Like it should not be like this. I should be taking down the Christmas tree while my kids are fighting on the floor over their new Christmas toys and saying they're bored. Why do they do that? It's like the day of day after Christmas. And they're like, I'm bored. You're like, you've just got so many new toys. Why don't I even buy them for you? Like that is the overwhelm that I missed. Like I missed 24 hours ago when my biggest concern was how overstimulated I was. But yeah, that was sad. And then our son, he's six and a half. He had a whole bunch of drawings and stuff that he had made taped to his wall. And he asked to come over and help. And so he's in there like taking them off and taking down the tape literally as they're digging up his carpet and like all these other workers are like moving their stuff around. And his little look on his face, it was just, oh, he was such a trooper. But it was a, it was just a wild couple of days because on top of that, they're like, like, you can't stay here. We couldn't stay in the basement because the basement was flooded. Couldn't stay in the bedrooms, obviously, because they were, and there was so much moisture. We couldn't stay like there. Were, so we were, you know, displaced trying to not only figure out where we we're going to stay that night, but ultimately they're like, you're going to be out for a while. Like you need to find somewhere else to live. So we're navigating all that on the phone with insurance and this person and that person and whatever. Meanwhile, our kids' lives and everything they know to be safe and true has been turned totally upside down. And we're just like, at that point, we're just like in to-do list mode. What do we got to do next? What do we need to move? What do we need to pack? Where does it need to go? What's going on? So we were able to get connected with someone local, or he doesn't actually live locally, but owns a hunting cabin that's really close to our house and the home farm. And we had already made arrangements to have it for the weekend because we had family coming into town. And we're like, how would you feel about renting it out to us for a few months? That panned out. And so like, we're just moving boxes of stuff to this hunting cabin that also has no Wi-Fi and I don't get cell service. Oh, it was like just the, the craziest couple of days. The kids were at the farm with my mother-in-law. Of course, I have a two month old that is exclusively breastfed. So like I would leave her here. My mother-in-law would text me whenever she'd get hungry. I'd come back so I could feed her. Yes, I know I could have given her a bottle, but then I would have had to stop what I was doing and pump at the house anyway. And I might as well drive two miles to go feed her. It was just such a whirlwind of a couple of days until all of a sudden the to-do list kind of stopped. It got to the point like everything was demoed that needed to be, everything that was packed that was needed to be, everything was moved that it needed to be. And then it was just like hurry up and wait. It was just time. Like we had... 77 industrial fans and seven deep like massive dehumidifiers not like the cute ones that they like sell at home depot for like to keep in your basement all the time like just these massive things in our house for days and so it was just kind of a matter of like the crew would come every day kind of do the moisture detection see what was going on see what needed to be moved like my husband has seriously been superhero through all of this. Like, God love him. He's the real MVP of the, the Great Flood. 
So anyway, we are now, you know, a week and some change on the other side of that and just trying to now figure out what normal even means at this point. Living somewhere that's not home. Thankfully, the kids are heading back to school, which will be honestly really good for them to get back in that that regular rhythm. And we've gotten some really good news. You know, this time last week, we literally did not know if we were going to be able to salvage the entire first floor of our house, which would have been crazy. But they've taken out most of the fans. There's a couple spots they're still working on, but they feel really good about how everything's looking. And so, gosh, the other day we went and picked out flooring and... Now we're kind of just going to be at the mercy of getting everything lined up. Anyone who's done any kind of renovation or construction knows that putting all the moving pieces and puzzles into place is half the battle, right? Thankfully, we have great relationships with contractors that we've worked with over the past couple of years because, you know, I've got a lot of messages that's like, yay, now you get to renovate and change your house. Like for context, we bought this house in fall of 2018 and it is like a very i think generic like 1960s 70s ish ranch style house and so when we bought it we totally there was not a wall or floor or ceiling or ounce of the house that we did not totally scrap and redo because we knew this was gonna be our forever home so we wanted to make it just the way we wanted it we made very intentional decisions on things that we didn't think we could get sick of like we (laughs) then what two years ago two years ago our basement flooded so we just finished putting that together I mean literally weeks ago and Andrew and I before we left for Christmas we were sitting in the basement we've been getting some stuff ready because we knew we were going to have visitors over the holidays we're like gosh it just feels so good to have our house exactly the way we wanted it L-O-L, famous last words. So this is the renovation I did not ask for because we are quite literally making it exactly the same. There may be a few little things. We, we might get spicy and paint a wall or something, but wowzers, what, what a week. And something that's been so interesting to me is, you know, as I've been sharing about this and as we've been navigating it, the number of people who have messaged me or you know, that I know in real life that are like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe the way you're handling this. You're so strong and optimistic and brave and encouraging. And I just like, I I can't believe it. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I just didn't even have the time to, or capacity to process that. But as I'm still getting these messages today, it made me curious you know, as people were saying that, I'm like, well, yeah, what, how else would I be handling this? Am I supposed to be handling this a different way? It kind of made me feel like, am I not handling this well or the way that anyone else should? Am I delusional? Am I like optimistic to a fault? Like what, what is going on here that so many people find the way that I'm handling this situation to be the exception? And so I've been sitting with that over the past 24 hours or so. And also over the past week and a half, Andrew and I have been in some different situations where we've been around people who do have different lifestyles and mindsets than we do. And it's kind of like come to a culmination where I'm like, wow, I think that this 
situation that we have right in front of us is a living, breathing example or representation, I should say, of what years of doing the work has done to my mindset and capacity to handle hard things, for lack of a better word. I don't know how I would have handled the situation five years or 10 years ago because I've never been in this situation before. But I would say I, for most of my life, would have identified as a fairly optimistic person. But I think that as topsy-turvy as this week has been, as upside down as our lives are, as many unknowns and crises that are on the table, you know, Andrew and I have said it like, yeah, it's horrible and it's been hard, but at the end of the day, it's just another day. And so what choice do we have other than to keep moving forward? Because the alternative to that feels even harder. And so as I prepared to sit down and record this episode, I really tried to think about what are some of the things that I have done that have really prepared me to handle a situation like this in the way that I have, in such a way that I didn't even realize that the way I was handling it was unique, profound. I, I don't know. I don't know. if I don't even have the right words to describe this. So bear with me here, okay? It's been a week. And I think just in general, when it comes to the way that I've nurtured my mindset, I think back to the beginning of my personal growth journey in 2019-ish and how hard I have worked to practice intentional gratitude and like that appreciation for looking for blessings. And, you know, people have said, oh, you're just like finding the bright side so easily. And I'm like, well, yeah, like this is really hard, but there's also, there's good stuff in every day, even on the hardest day that I've ever had, there has been blessings, but maybe that hasn't always come naturally to me. I think my gratitude practice, you know, that routine and rhythm of writing down five or 10 things that you're grateful for every single day and not big generic things like health or family or my house, although I will forever have my house, a gratitude for my house in a different way than usual. But like those really specific things, like a cup of coffee that just tasted so good or like catching the sunset or the joke that your kids said or just a conversation with a friend, like constantly building a repertoire of those small moments that make life so beautiful, totally transform my mindset from looking for bad things to complain about because that's easy, like whining about all the things that go wrong or griping about the weather or bitching about something like that's a lot easier and a lot more natural for a lot of people. But the more intentional I became about changing the way I did that and looking for those pieces of gratitude, I do think that that practice that I was so regimented in for years has just like naturally made that part of who I am today. And that's, that's how habits are supposed to work. Like you are supposed to be intentional about building or breaking them. And then years down the line, you don't even think about it anymore because it's just become part of who you are. That's the goal here. I don't have to sit down and write in a gratitude journal every day, although it's a beautiful practice because I have retrained my brain to already do that. I also think over the past couple of years, specifically since 2019, I have a very 
deep understanding of my capacity to do hard things. That started with me getting into long distance running. I think the next big example of that was like taking the leap to launch and grow a business from nothing with no prior experience or really much of a game plan. I think about my mental health journey over the last year. I think about pregnancy in unmedicated labor and delivery. Like I have survived 100% of my hard days. Every single time that I just felt like I could not do it anymore, I ran another mile. I woke up and saw another day. And I think that that has made the situation just be like, well, this sucks, but we're going to get through. And there's something to be learned here. And there's something even better on the other side, even if I can't see it right now, because I have proven that to myself so many times. On the other side of a mile where I don't think I can put one more foot in front of the other and it's 90 degrees and it's super humid and I feel like I am actually going to croak out is the accomplishment of a long run in mileage I didn't think I could do before. On the other side of feeling so overwhelmed or drowning in imposter syndrome or not knowing how to do something in my business is the life that I'm living today and the freedom that I have to be present with my family and also do something that I love. Quite literally on the other side of some of the hardest 12 hours of my life of doing childbirth without an epidural was one of my biggest blessings. So yeah, this has been hard, but it's going to be okay because the sun rises and my kids are here and gosh, talk about that. Like, I just feel like something like this is such a jarring re-realization because I think we probably go through periods like this, you know, many times where you have a moment where something happens and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, it's just like that wake up call. Like we all know that tomorrow is never promised. We, we all understand that reality. But when everything you know to be true changes in an instant, it really makes you realize just what matters the most. You know, on the day where we were cleaning out our house, and I think it was the day I was taking on the Christmas tree and just like having myself a a deserved, but a little bit of a pity party of how just sad and hard it was. We had a family member where they were rushing their little boy, who's the same age as my daughter, to the hospital. They didn't know what was wrong. And the local hospital couldn't figure it out. And they were taking him to the city. And I was just like, I'd rip out every single freaking floor in my house to not be doing that today. And I think even people who have been in those types of situations will agree that it's so hard. And just as soon as you think you can't go anymore, you do. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It was just a really, I don't want to say a slap in the face, but definitely a reminder of what really matters here. (laughs) Like, Like I joked that I missed how overwhelmed I felt by being overstimulated and you know, it's just like all of a sudden none of that mattered because I looked around and was like, okay, I feel like I'm going insane and my kids are low-key driving me insane, but we are all here (laughs) and our house is underwater, but it will be okay. And yeah, I think that, you know, another thing that has become really obvious to me is almost how jaded of a perspective I have of the world. Maybe that's not the right word. 
maybe skewed. It's just, I spend all day, almost every day, talking to other people, specifically women, who have growth mindsets, who are pushing themselves to do hard things, who are stepping outside their comfort zone, who are having hard conversations, who are getting really intentional and nurturing their health and bringing really cool things to life and just working through hard stuff all the time, all the time. I mean, just the nature of what I do and who my friends are and who have been in my circle and what kinds of conversations I'm regularly having are positive, you know, seeking for the bright side, doing hard things and continuing to show up and being growth minded and growth focused. And I don't think I had even taken the time to realize how much that had impacted me. That when other people were pointing out to me how uniquely I was handling a situation that I was like, Does, wouldn't anyone do this? Like, I feel like a douche even just saying it out loud. But I think that it is such a powerful representation of what happens when over time you continue to put yourself in situations and continue to surround yourself with people who are growth-minded, who can do hard things, who look for positives and pieces of gratitude and blessings more than dwelling on negativity, who are healing, who are physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and strong, who are nurturing their physical, mental, and emotional health. Like That matters. That makes a really big difference. And I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that that is at play in helping me be able to handle the past week the way that our family has. And honestly, my husband's in the same boat as I am. Like, I know that I need to record a podcast episode about this. I need to rope him into it. Just how much we have changed as people and how much our marriage has been impacted and how much our family has changed or grown as a result of both of our intentionality in our personal growth journeys. But that's an episode for another day. Anyway, other lessons learned here. I'm not going to lie. Not having Wi-Fi is annoying, but kind of nice. One thing that I have been aware of and trying to figure out how to navigate for a while is my use on social media, because obviously it is my business, like part of my business. It is how I connected with you. It is how I continue to connect with people. It is the lifeblood of this community and like bringing people into this conversation. But it also goes from like work to scrolling really fast. And not all of the time I spend on social media is productive. In fact, small percentage of it. And so it's been, there's like a spot in the cabin where I can upload an Instagram story and send a text message. That's pretty much the extent of it. And it's been nice. Now, I will say it's also massively inconvenient that we don't have Wi-Fi because I have an online business and kids that were home on Christmas break and a two-month-old. Oh, and it's launch week for Micromind and Mastermind. So it's uh, in addition to everything else, like it's a week I really need to be on and like I have a lot to do. But it has also shown me like I don't think I need to do as much as I thought I needed to do. Because I have had to work in small pockets of time when I can be somewhere with Wi-Fi or when my kids can be, you know, entertained elsewhere, 
in the absence of being able to work anytime or being able to do anything, I have had to get really clear on what is the best way for me to use this time? What is the action for the next hour that's actually going to drive revenue? Because let's be honest, busyness is not the same thing as productivity. I can find ways to be busy all day. I can find ways to distract myself all day. I can find ways to get lost in a loop of, you know, doom scrolling all day. So in the absence of the ability to do that, first of all, because my kids are home, but second of all, because I have no Wi-Fi, I have done so much less for this launch in so many less hours and it is not impacting the result. Like just as many people are signing up as I expected to any other time. And so, wow, as a business owner, it has been like, I really, really need to carry this lesson moving forward of what actually matters. How do I spend the time doing the things that I need to do that are actually going to move the needle forward? And whatever that looks like, whether it's you know, creating good content, whether it's recording podcast episodes, whether it's sending emails, like what actually matters, what's actually working and what can I take off my to-do list because it's just busy. And not to say it's not quote unquote productive busy, but is it? That has been a very power level lesson that I know I needed to learn. I know I needed to learn. I mean, everything we do is habit, right? So everything that I was doing in our normal house, our home, is just autopilot. And so by being thrust into a new environment, like a different kitchen, our whole family is sleeping in a room in bunk beds. Like we've just had to reestablish different routines and doing things. And it's, I bought less groceries. Like I just, there's so many little things that because I've had to choose a different way to do it, I'm making a choice that I like. And so it's making me think about, okay, when we're able to move back home, how do I get even more intentional with the choices that I'm making and not just do stuff on autopilot? Cause it's there and that's just what we normally do or how we normally do it. So that has been interesting as well. Obviously, we don't have all of our stuff with us because that would be ludicrous. We did yesterday bring a couple dressers in our kitchen table over just because we're going to be there minimum six weeks, which is much better than the six months that we were mentally preparing for this time last week. It could very well be two or three months. We don't really know. But having less stuff, it's great. The kids have less toys. They're playing together better than ever. It's just, yeah, it's been a really powerful week for us as a family to focus on what it means, like what our values are as a family. It's been a really powerful lesson for our kids. The other day, Andrew was over at the house with the restoration crew and they were moving fans around and the big kids were playing. I was snuggling baby. She was sleeping. And my oldest like spilled some ice on the floor. Like he tried to get ice out of the freezer for himself, which was awesome. Spilled some ice on the floor. And I was like, okay, well, go clean it up. Like I'm happy, you know, I'm sitting here with the baby. Go take care of it. So we kind of tried and then he came over and he like threw himself on the couch. He's like, it's hard. Every time I do something, something else slips and I can't pick it up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, Russell's figure it out. <laughs> well, that became a tagline somehow. But I'm like, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. When daddy was over at the house last week pulling up carpet, 
He wasn't throwing himself on the floor because it was hard and because it was overwhelming and because he didn't know how to do it and because he didn't know what the outcome was going to look like. He put his head down, got to work and did it, even though he didn't want to, even though it was frustrating, even though it was sad, even though every time he did something, something else bad was around the corner. He just did it. And now the job's done. And you watched him do that. And he looked at me and he was just like, hmm. And he got up and you know what? He cleaned up all the ice cubes. So it's been a really powerful lesson for our kids in what tenacity looks like. And, you know, just reminding them like what matters most is our family. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we are all here and together, then we're going to be okay. But it is also really hard because to them, you know, to us, it's our home, but we're adults and we can, you know, even though it's frustrating to be sleeping in bunk beds and staying in a cabin with no Wi-Fi, we get it. But to their little hearts, that's everything they know to be safe and true. That's been their home for as long as they can remember. And so it's been a struggle for them on their front. But even my daughter now says, you know, mommy, you know, what's the best part of the flood? I say, what? She's like, we are here together. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. She goes, but I wish the flood never happened. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's also true. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that's, that's today's episode. Shit happens. Things we can never predict. We never see coming. We did not ask for. Shit happens. And I have really learned that our mindset makes a huge difference. And that's not always going to be perfect. But I really do have to give myself some credit for the work that I've put in over the past couple of years in my personal growth, in my mindset, in therapy, in the people that I'm around, in the way that I'm just like nurturing the way I want to show up on a daily basis and the way I want every day to feel. That's what got us through this week. That's what has made us be like, yeah, it's been a week, but same time it's just another day and there will be another day tomorrow and it's all gonna be all right it sounds crazy it sounds crazy and it feels crazy to me that that the mindset i have is perhaps abnormal admirable i don't know once again it feels even weird to say that but if you're still listening thanks and i hope that there is something in this conversation or story or lessons or takeaways that resonated with you if so share it to someone especially if they too have had a freaking flood in their house or to someone else who's going through a hard time because let's be honest if it's on the flood it is something now more than ever i want to be so intentional with my time and my energy and my focus and my mindset that no matter what life throws our way we are able to handle it to the best of our capacity and that's not to say that it will be easy or there won't be moments of sadness or frustration or anger, but it's building that elasticity to bounce back to a homeostasis that feels good faster than you would otherwise. With that being said, I am so, so, so forever grateful for you. I am so grateful for all of the messages and support you've been sending me and our family through this time. It really has been, it has been a wackadoodle, but your prayers and your love has been felt and really deep, really appreciated. Thank you. And until next time, I'm so grateful for you. 
Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.